Okay, so today's learning is Lezeich Nishmas Gila Bashloim Aliyah Basafrayim Lezeich Nishmas Yitzchak Ben Chaim Alevi Yaakov Ben Chagav Chaim Alevi Sar Lei Bashmol Tzviel Chaim Ben Pesach Tveriyas Bashmol Rav Avram Ben Harav David and Rav Shalema of Rav Gamliel Ben Mechleita and Yehudas Bas Meri. So we're going to pick it up from Daf Nun Tes Amit Beis. The bottom line. Shochalei b'nei galila l'rav chelboi. B'nei galila asks of chelboi the following question. We said in the Mishnah that takonis chazal, it's really deraisa, but takonis chazal is that you have to keep the deraisa, and he can't be meichel, is that a koyin gets the first aliyah, and then a levi, and then Yisrael. The question is, within Yisrael, is there an order? Meaning, you have shlishi to chashvi. Is there any specific order? You could just give it up. I mean, nowadays, I mean, we're not as makbid, but conceptually, if you have the entire kahila in one shul, is there a specific order? So the Gemara says, Achreihen Mikoyr. Is there a specific order amongst the Yisraelim? So the Gemara says, Lehabibiyade. Sorry, Rechelboy did, uh, did not know. He wasn't sure. So also, Bishayla Rav Yitzchak Navcha. So they asked Rav Yitzchak Navcha. Amrle, he said the following Achreihen, after the Koyin Alevi, this should be the proper order. Number one, Koyin Talmud Chachamunah Parnesim Lotsiba. You should call up Talmudah Chachamim who have positions of leadership. Rabbanim, Rosh Hashivas, whatever it is. But then you should call Tami the Chamim, who don't have positions of leadership, but are worthy of positions of leadership. After that, you should call the children of the leaders of Klal Yisrael. And then the Gabayim, the people that, uh, you know, the sweat equity people. And then after that, everyone else. Okay. Sholchalei B'nei Galila... They asked Rebchelboi the following question. The question was like this. Can you use a chumash in shul? Now a chumash is a reference to a scroll that has just Bereshus. It's written like a proper Sefer Torah, but it only has one, 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 one uh, Sefer in it. So for Bereshus, you use Bereshus, Shmois, you use Shmois. Now, it's not a kosher sefer Torah regarding certain halachas, but maybe for Kriya Satayra, that's all you need. So, Lehabibiyadeh, he wasn't sure. Also, Shalar Rizanavcha, again, they asked Rizanavcha, Lehabibiyadeh, he wasn't sure either. Also, Shalbe Midrasha, they asked the base Madrash, the answer from the, the teaching of Yechon, Rabbi Yechon said, if you have a Sefer Torah that's missing even one section, you're not allowed to read it from the public because it's not a kosher Sefer Torah. So over here, it's definitely missing more than one, one uh, if you have a, basically, if you have a Sefer Torah that's missing one column, you can't read it from the Sefer Torah because not only is it puzzle because it's missing a letter, but it's puzzle, it's not appropriate for Kriya Satara for the Tzibar. So over here, it's, it's only one section. That's that's even worse. The Gemara says, "Loihi." The truth is, it's not worse. Why? Over there, it's missing. It's supposed to be an entire sefer It's missing over here. It's just supposed to be a chumash. It's at least a complete inyan. Meaning, the fact that you cannot use an incomplete sefer is not a proof that you cannot use a complete chumash because at least it's complete. So, It's a bizarre for the tzibar because it shows that they can't afford a sefer Torah. So, it's a bizarre for the tzibar to use a chumash, and therefore, it's not allowed. Again, this is a chumash that's written, not printed. Printed chumash are different. This is a written chumash. Another teaching. I say for haftarita. So, the truth is, when you read from the haftarah. Conceptually, you're supposed to have the same way you have a kosher sefer Torah. You're supposed to have a kosher 
Haftarah, meaning you're supposed to have a scroll of Yirmiyah and a scroll of Yeshua and a scroll of Shoftim. My Yeshiva Shartar has that. But what they would do is, to save money, they couldn't afford that, so they would have a scroll of just the Haftarahs. You could buy it, I mean, nowadays you could buy it in the farm stores, of a, a safer of just Haftarahs. This is a scroll of just the Haftarahs. So they said, you're not allowed to read it on Shabbos. Why? Because it's not appropriate to write. Meaning, they feel that the oral, the written Torah has to be written in its proper order. You can't just write snippets here and there. So because it's not written in its proper order, it's not considered a safer Torah. It's, it's like, it's like, it's like a, it like makes the Torah Shabbos. It's not allowed to be written because it's not allowed to be printed. You definitely can't use it. You can't use it in Shul. Meaning, this is sort of like it's it's interesting. It's like it's like making Tarshav Eksat Bal Peh, because you're not allowed to write it if it's an incomplete process. You can't just write sections of written Torah. It has to be an entire sefer. He says not only you're not allowed to use it in shul because you're not allowed to write it. It's muksa. If you can't use it, then it's like any other muksa. The Gemara says, it's not true. Charlotte Tule, it's not Moksa. Charlotte Mikve, you could use it in Shul. Why? I, you're not allowed to write this. You're supposed to, it's like writing, uh, it's like making the written Torah oral. It's not allowed to be written. You have to write it as an entire, you have to write all of Sefer Yeshua and all of Sefer Shaiftim, not just little snippets. The reason why is because this is the concept of Ace Lasses Lashem. And that is, there are certain things that while it's technically not allowed, sometimes you have to break the Torah to keep the Torah, right? You're really not allowed to write all Gemara because it's the oral Torah. So why do we write it down? Because if you don't write it down, no one's going to learn it. Ace Lasses Lashem, if you're a Torah, so to over here, while it's technically not allowed, shuls cannot afford 24 scrolls. They just can't afford it. And therefore, in order to prevent it, the alternative is not having Aftorah. The Gemara says, They would look at Sefer Agadites, which is Svarim of just stories, and Drushim, Drush, like Medrash. Why are they allowed to write that down? It's not a whole Sefer. So why is that allowed? So the Gemara says, It's impossible uh, unless you write it down, right? All of Gemara, right? Unless you write it down, it's going to be forgotten. So, sometimes you have to break the Torah in order to save the Torah. So, over here, if you don't write it down, if you don't write in a Sefer after, they're not going to have, they can't afford it. Now, a couple things, just to mention quick halacha, I mean, you can look in the, I think it's in Reish Pei Dalit of the Shulchan Aruch, the first Mishnabura, the first Mishnabura, and look at the uh, the fourth Sharetzian, and look at the Chazanish. It's very interesting. The basic psaac is like this. You see from this Gemara that really you're supposed to have scrolls, individual scrolls. Because they couldn't afford it, they made a Haftarah together. So by the way, that's true even nowadays. If a shul could afford it, they should have their own scrolls. And the Mishabur and Sharetzian even says that he thinks it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's not an appropriate thing. That shuls are willing to spend so much money on the crowns on top of a Zevatorah, but they're not using, they, they, they can't afford uh, scrolls. It's, it's, they should have proper Tanakh, Nevi'im written in scrolls. But let's say you don't have that. So you just have a Sefer Haftorah. So the Gemara says it's really only Mutter because so the question is nowadays that we don't use anything, nothing is written anyway. It's all printed, right? Outside the yeshivas, right? Most people are using printed. Is there an Indian to use a big Tanakh, like we have at Hashivinu, the <laughs> we used to call it in Sharta, the green monster, the giant green Tanakh, or can I use a printed Haftarah? So, like the whole point, 
that the Haftarah is only Mutter because Eslash Hashem, I have the alternative, is a green Sefer Torah, a green Tanakh. What Eslash Hashem I could afford? That costs $10, that costs $10. Meaning when everything was a Sefer written down. So I understand they couldn't afford, they had to write Haftarahs, but now everything's printed anyway. So the Mishapura says, because everything's printed, you should use an entire Tanakh and you should not read from a Haftarah Sefer. So someone once donated to Ashivenu a Sefer Haftarahs, they thought it was very nice, the Mishapura was not a fan. To be fair, the Chazanish disagrees. The Chazanish feels that nowadays that everything's printed, there's no difference. Once it's printed, this whole discussion of whether it's appropriate to use uh, Sefer Haftarahs, and it's only Motukas Eislash that was when everything was written by a Sofer, and it had certain condition. Nowadays, everything's printed. There's no difference between a printed Tanakh and a printed Haftarah. It's all the same. That's the Chazanish's opinion. Okay. Boy, mini Abaya Mirabah. Abaya asked Rabba, Mao Lichta Megillah Lutinik Lislamid Boy. Am I allowed to write only a portion of the Torah for a child to be taught from? Meaning, we saw before that you're not supposed to just write sections of the Torah. You're supposed to write an entire Sefer. Just to write a paragraph here, a paragraph there is not appropriate. The question is, what if I just want to write a Parsha, and I want to do it for a kid for him to learn? Is that allowed? So the Gemara says, nitna. This Shaila is wet regardless of how you hold about how the Torah was transmitted. Now let me explain. The Torah was written, obviously Hashem gave over the Torah to Moshe Abinu as the stories happened. When the story of Yisro happened, he wrote on Yisro and the story of Bishalach happened, he wrote on Bishalach. The question is, that was when it was transmitted. The question is, did Moshe Abinu write it down piecemeal at the time and then after 40 years he took all the scrolls together, right? When, you know, Parshas Kisisa happened, he wrote on Kisisa. And then he wrote and then when he was done, he just sewed it together and he had an entire Sefer Torah. That's called Megillah Megillah Nina, that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote it down in piecemeal. The other alternative is Chasuma Nina, which means Moshe Rabbeinu did not write it down. He had it all by memory. And after 40 years, he wrote it down. And that was when he wrote it down. But he never wrote it down in piecemeal. The question is, regardless of how you hold, can I write a section of the Torah for a child to learn? Let's explain. Let's say you hold that the Torah was written by Moshe Rabbeinu by scroll by scroll. As every parasha happened, he wrote another scroll, another scroll, another scroll, and at the end he sewed it all together. Even if you hold that way, you could have the following Shailah. Do we say that because Moshe Rabbeinu wrote it down that way, you could do that for a child? Moshe Rabbeinu wrote down a parasha, you could break down a parasha for a child, even though it's not an entire sefer. Or perhaps, or perhaps no. Moshe Rabbeinu might have written that while it was done, but at the end of 40 years, he wrote the, he, he sewed it together. And once he sewed it together, it was kavua, that there's no going back. And it has to be, svarim have to be complete units. There's no going back. Just the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu, that's how it was given over in the 40 years of the desert is irrelevant, because once it was already idbik, once he sewed it together and made it one safer, then there's no alternative, there's no going back. So it wouldn't be allowed. And the truth is, you could have the exact same Shiloh, even if you hold that Moshe Binu never wrote it down. He only wrote it down after 40 years as one unit. Do we say that because Moshe Binu never wrote it down in piecemeal, you're not allowed to do that for a child? Or perhaps, not every child can, not every Rebbe can afford to write a Sefer Torah for each child. And therefore, for the child, in order to learn, it might be that's the only alternative. So, what's the halacha? In Kaisvin, you may not write portions of the Torah for a child. Umatam, and what's the reason? Because it's not permitted. It's interesting. Meaning, it's not allowed to be done. Regardless of how you hold, of whether it's given piecemeal or or fully, once Moshe Avenu had the Sefer Torah as a complete unit after 40 years, you're not allowed to write it in piecemeal. It has to only, you're only allowed to write Chumashim or Svarim.
Eisvei, I have a kasha. You tell me there's no musik, there's no concept of writing sections of the Torah to be learned. Wait a minute. Afhi Asa, the, 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 the Queen uh, Helena, she wrote a, uh, she wanted to donate something to the base of English. It's an interesting donation. She decided she wanted to donate, you know, when the Saita, right, the Saita, they had to write a parsha for the Kayim to write and then it gets erased. So how did he do it? He took out a Sefer and he read it. So she decided she wanted to make a nice plaque. She made a plaque, uh, like a Hashivina type plaque. Uh, we're not doing this, but a, a plaque of the Saita, the parsha of the Saita, in gold, to be used. The Kayim would, would use it as the stencil. As the source. So what do you see? She wrote a small section of the Torah on its own. Not a Chomish, not a Sefer. So you see a portion of the Torah is allowed to be written. So the Gemara says, Amr Shem ben Lakish, Rishim Rivyane, Aleph Beis. She never actually wrote the entire uh, Pasuk. She just wrote the first letters of each word. So let's say it's instead of, instead of the, let's say the Pasuk of the Kasaf Law, she didn't write in the gold the Kasaf Law. It was Vav Lamed. So she didn't actually write the whole thing. I'm Eisve, wait a minute. But the Brisa says how the Kayin would use this plaque. When the Kayin would write the Saita, he would look at the plaque and write it. So it means that the plaque had all the words in it. The answer is, No, he used the plaque just to remind him of what the words are, but the plaque just had the first letters. Eisve, wait a minute. The Brisa continues further. Another Brisa. It says that when the Kayim would write the Sota paragraph, he would look at the plaque and use it. And what would it say in the plaque? It said all the words. So how could you say that there's no words in the plaque? It was just letters. It says there are words. The answer is, no, no, no. The beginning of each Pasuk had the words, and then it would say, let's say, because of what it would have, and then it would says, and then the rest would just be letters. So the first first two, two three words of each Pasuk it would have, and then it would go to letters. Okay. Kitanoi. We referenced before of how um, how the Torah was given. Uh, I'm sorry. We referenced before a child of Are you allowed to write a parsha for a child? Kitanoi. Really, it's a machlek The Brisa says, "Ein kaisim boy." You're not allowed to write just a portion of the Torah for a child to learn, so it's not allowed. The only time it's mutter is if your intention is to keep writing. So you wanted to give him a parsha at a time. So you want to write Bereshis. If you just stop at Bereshis, no good. But if you want to write Bereshis, let him learn it, and then you'll write Noyach. And then Lachacha. The Chule, then it's fine. But you see, it's not allowed in general. Rav Yudah says it is allowed. He says, Bereshis, if you want a Bereshis, Ador HaMavl. You could write the whole Bereshis, you just have to finish the, the section. So you have to go from Bereshis until to Noach. But you could write Bereshis. Beteris uh, Koyanim, if you're writing a section in Vayikra, the Parsha of Kehanim, Arvahibi meaning as long as you end the story or the topic, you're allowed to write a self-contained parasha. So that's a machalikas tanoi. Okay, so we referenced before how was the Torah given over, uh, how was it written? Was it written piecemeal as the 40 years were happening? Or did Moshe really memorize it in the end of 40 years he wrote it then once? So the Gemara says, machalikas tanoi. I'm sorry, it's machalikas tanoi. Torah, Megillah, Megillah, Nina. Rav Yechon quotes Rav Benoah says, the Torah was written parsha by parsha during the 40 years. Because the Pasuk says, how do I know that the Torah was written by Megillahs? Dabra Melch is describing how originally he came from Rus, so people originally felt that he was not kosher. But they darshan from a Pasuk by Sadai, Matsasa David Avdi, Matsasi, Matsasiha, Matsasi David Avdi, that there's a drasha permitting him from uh, Pasuk by Noya, by, by Lechacha, by, by Loit, and uh, by Loit. And the Pasuk, and he says, I came. 
meaning I'm now permitted, meaning originally I came and people questioned it, but but from a Megillah of the scroll, it's written about me. He's describing a parasha in the Torah, permitting him as a Megillah Sefer, as one of the Megillahs. Meaning he's calling the Torah as many, many Megillahs. Okay, so you see that it's indicative that it's recorded in separate scrolls. Rishim ben Lakish disagrees. He says, no, Torah chasumanina. The Torah was given after 40 years. Moshe, we memorized it, but it was, given, it was written once. Okay, Shanemar. Because it says, take this Torah, this one, this singular Torah. But what is Yochanan who says that it was written piecemeal? What does he do with that? He says that's after it was already sewed together. I mean, Moshe wrote it over 40 years in hundreds of different scrolls. And then afterwards he sewed it together. So then once it's done, it's Sefer HaTayr. It's one Sefer. What does Rish Lakish who feels that it was written once at the end of 40 years, what does he do with the Pasuk in Tehillim that says Megillah Sefer Kasavalai that calls the Torah Megillah Sefer? So, which implies many scrolls. Two answers. First of all, it just means that the entire Torah is referred to as a scroll. It just says Megillah Sefer. It's calling it a Megillah. Megillah implies many small scrolls, but it could be one giant scroll. It's called a Megillah. I saw uh, the Pasuk says this uh, Pasuk in Zechariah. Zechariah saw a floating Sefer. He calls the Torah Megillah. So therefore, David Melech called it a Megillah that although generally Megillah implies separate scrolls, um, the entire Sefer could be, called, could be called a Megillah. And therefore, it's not, uh, it's not a Raya either. Hold on one second. That's the first answer. The second answer, the Gemara says, Inami The truth is, Rav Levi says like this, even according to Rish Lakish, that the Torah was written after 40 years, the truth is there were eight parshias that were written uh, separate. Meaning, Rav Yechanan feels that as every parsha happened, he wrote it down. There could be hundreds of different scrolls, different time periods. Rav Yechanan says, no, after 40 years, Moshe Ben wrote it down once. But the truth is, even Rish Lakish agrees that there were eight parshias that were given on the day the Mishkan was built, and those Moshe Ben wrote down because they were needed right now. So even according to Rish Lakish, it's not so posh as it was never written until once. It was written twice. One, eight parshias, and Moshe Ben took a giant scroll, wrote eight parshias separate from each other, and then after 40 years, he filled it in. So even according to Rishlakish, you can call the Sefer Megillah because not that it was written piecemeal throughout the 40 years, but there was a, there was sections because it was written eight parashiyas on the day of HaKamas HaMeshkan, and then after 40 years. So it's still a Megillah. It's just not hundreds of different parashiyas. It's two parashiyas. After 40 years, 98% of the parasha, and eight. The Gemara says, "Kudar of Levi, Dumar of Levi, Shmaya, the Parshis, Nembi, Yom Shokim, Mishkan." There are eight Parshis that are written to Moshe that he wrote down on, on separate scrolls, and then after forty years he filled in the gap. So it, even Reish Lakish agrees that you can call the Sefer Megillah. What are the eight Parshis? Eluhei Parshis Kehanim, Parshis Levim, Parshis Tameim, Parshis Shaluch Tameim, Parshis Achrimais. Go to the next page. Parshis Shduiyayin, Parshis Neiris, and Parshis Paradum. Those eight were given on the day of Akamas Hamishkan. Okay, Amra Velazar, Torah Rav Bixav. You see, the Torah, you have the written Torah, and within the written Torah, there is Yud Gimel Midos, Shatarin Adrashis behind. Now, those Adrashis, that means that's like the Torah has a, a word that's in the written Torah, and then Chazal used that Drasha to expand Xerishavis, Kabachoymer, Hekish, all that. 
Then there's Allah Moshe Messina. Allah Moshe Messina is just completely transmitted, and there's no source in the Torah for it. It says the Gemara, the, the majority of the Torah is from Jerashas. And there's a small amount of Halacha Moshe Messina, but it's a minority. Hashem said, although I have written the majority of my Torah, they, 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 they don't keep it, it's foreign to them. But what do you see? That the Rav of the Torah is written down. And the Rav of the Torah is not Halacha Moshe Messina, the Rav of the Torah is Drashas based on words that are written there. Rav Yechon says, no, Rav Alpeh, there is more Halacha Moshe Messina than not. Umid Biksab, and only a minority are found in Drashas, Shinemar, Ki al pi hadvar me'ila, al pi, meaning Torah Shavah Peh, meaning Halacha Moshe Messinai, hadvar me'ila, these words. The majority of the Torah is al pi. So Rav Yelazar feels the majority of the Torah is from Drashas that have sourced in words, and Rav Yechon says the majority is Halacha Moshe Messinai. What does he do with the Pasuk that says that I wrote the majority of my Torah, which implies the majority of the Torah is from Jerusha, is not Halacha Moshe Messina. He says, no, that Pasuk is not saying Hashem wrote down. Hashem is questioning it. So you have to read it with a question mark. You want me to write down most of my Torah? You want more Jerusha's? You're not even keeping what I give you. And not that Hashem wrote down most of the Torah, it's that you want most of my Torah to be written? Absolutely not. But it's not actually written. Vidach Nami, Rav who says that the majority is written, what does he do with the Pasuk? Al-Pi Hadvar Me'ila, that Al-Pi is, is, uh, is Halach Moshem Sina, Hadvar Me'ila, these words are established Al-Pi. It doesn't mean, he says, it doesn't mean that the majority of the Halachis are Halach Moshem Sina. It means Halach Moshem Sina are the most difficult. So it's not quantity, it's quality. The majority of the Torah is, is really Drashis. So what does it mean that the Torah is established on Halach Moshem Sina? It means those are the most difficult and most, uh, you know, the content, the most difficult to learn. So the Torah is established, not in quantity, but in quality. It is right for these words, which is you're supposed to write the written Torah. But it also describes the Torah as al oral. So what is it? Is the Torah oral or written? The answer is the written Torah. You're not allowed to say the written Torah al and Dvarim and the oral Torah you're not to write down. Now the oral Torah not allowed to be right down that we already had to break because people weren't learning it. But the written Torah not being said al peh that is still established, and that does mean that a person should be careful not to say psukim bal peh. Uh, there are certain psukim that are so well known they're allowed, like Tehillim, you're allowed to say shir malas asayinai bal peh. Uh, because it is so well known, but it is a concept that people should be careful with. Tiber of Yishmael Tana, they darshaned Eila, these words. Eila, Atakaisev, you're allowed to write the written Torah, Yatakaisev, Allah has been allowed to write down the oral Torah. Amrav Yochanan, Rav Yochanan added, Lekaris, Akadish Baruch, Ubris, and Yisrael, Elvishal Darish Vapah, that when Hashem established a covenant with Klai Yisrael for the oral Torah, that was the most chashit to Hashem, Shenemar, Kiapia, Dvarma Eila, Karati, Itchabris, Vespitis Yisrael. Okay. Now, we said in the Mishnah, one of the takanas for Shalom is that if people have been keeping the Arab in a certain house, they're not allowed to change it to a different house. The Gemara says, my time, why can't you change the location of the Arab? You'll say, what's COVID? The guy had it in his house for 10 years. It's, uh, you know, it's disrespecting him by moving it. The problem is we move things all the time. There was a certain horn before Shabbos and Pompadisa, they would blow a shayfa to say Shabbos is coming. That horn was originally Mekarbe Rav Yehuda. It was originally in Rav Yehuda's house. And then, after 
Rav Yehuda came, uh, passed away, he didn't go to his kids, he went to Rabbi's house. It was also Rosh Hashiva. You see, they moved the, the location of the Shaifer, so why can't I move the location of the Eruv? The answer is the Meshuk Shada. The answer is it's not a matter of a Bezoyon, it's a matter of Marzayim. People will go in, if the guy has had an Eruv in his house for 10 years, and then all of a sudden you walk in the house, and his Eruv's not there. They're not going to know that they moved it. They're going to be like, oh, this guy doesn't keep halacha anymore. So because it's not a matter of COVID, you could move things. They move the shayfer. But it's a matter of a bad optic, so which doesn't apply by the shayfer. No one's going to say, oh, he doesn't blow shayfer. It's, it's not the point. But in Erev, if it's established in the guy's house for 10 years, and all of a sudden you show up and it's not there, that's a bad optic. Okay. The last halacha was, we said in the Mishnah, that if you have a stream that they have to block up, and there are different farmers that want the that basically want to use the so you have to dam up the stream, and different farmers want to want to um, want the water to to basically want to take the water from the river. I'll read you how it was described over here. It was customary for farmers to divert water from public irrigation channels carrying river water to their fields, fill their private cisterns. Yes, yeah, so basically you have a river. And they wanted to divert it to fill cisterns. The halacha is, says the Mishnah, the people closest to the river have kadim. Okay, the farmers downstream do not have kadim. Okay, itmar. The Brisa says, b'nei nara, you have farmers who are along a river. Rav Amar aberation. Rav says the fields downstream are watered first, which seems not to be like the Mishnah. Shmuel Amar Shmuel says, no, 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 the people upstream are watered first, which seems to be like the Mishnah. So the Gemara says like this, Bid the Mezo, if let's say you're not damming up the stream, you're just talking about there's a river and people want to come in and fill up with their buckets. If everybody wants to fill up their buckets, anyone can come at any order, do whatever you want. What's the machlekes of who has Kadima, the upstream or the downstream? The Miskar Vashkuye, the cases where you have to dam up the river and divert its flow. The people upriver want it to be diverted to their cisterns. The people downriver want it to be diverted to theirs. And it's a matter of order. So that's a machlekes Rav and Shmuel. Shmuel Amar Iloshas Amaybrezha. Shmuel says the fields upstream are watered first. Dami Anon because they're the closest to the source of the river. Rav Amar Tatoshas Amaybrezha. Rav says no. The fields downstream are watered first. Because they say, before you put up the dam, the water flowed down to us. So you want to dam it? That's affecting us. We have Kadim. Yes, we're not so close to the we're not close to the source, but water naturally flows down, which means it would naturally come to us. And you want to change that? No, no good. Here's the problem. Tanan says the Mishnah The Mishnah said that when you when you have a cistern, the ones closest to it get it, not the ones downstream. So that's like Shmuel, not like Rav. So Shmuel answered for Rav, Tiger Shmuel with the Rav, but the case of the Mishnah is not where you're damming it up and, and it's a matter of, of the water being diverted. If such a case, Rav might be right, then it goes downstream. The, the case of the Mishnah is where you already have a cistern and the water is filling up naturally. It's filling up the, 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 upper, the upper farmer's uh, farms close to the river. It's filling up naturally. What's the Chiddush of the Mishnah? Meaning they're allowed to continue watering from it. Meaning, we thought the case was where you're damming up the river and you're diverting it. The question is, where do you divert it? Divert it to the, the farmers, upstream or downstream? That, Rav says, in such a case, it goes downstream. What did the Mishnah mean when it says that the people close by have Kadima? What it means is, the case of the Mishnah is not where there's a dam. It's naturally, the river naturally flows into cisterns. 
Think of like a caterpillar, right? A river. It's naturally flowing into cisterns. And it's filling into the streams, to the farms near the upstream. So what's the Chiddush of the Mishnah? The Gemara says, What's the Chiddush of the Mishnah? They're not doing anything. The answer is, You might think that the, the farmers can tell the farmers upstream. You have to block up your cisterns to allow it to flow to us. Meaning, they didn't actually dig a cistern. It's naturally just going to the streams. It's going right and left to the farms upstream. The Chiddush Mishnah is that we're not requiring the farmers to block up the cistern. Because you might think, Sachar Misker, you might think that the lower farmers can say, stop up your cistern so that it doesn't reduce the flow of the water. And come down and take buckets like us. no. Okay. So you have a case where you're damming up the river. So Rab says it should go to the, the Kadima, the farmers downstream. Shmuel says it's the Kadima, the upstream. How do we pass him? Call the Olam Gavar. Whoever is stronger gets it, meaning Bezdin doesn't get involved. They let it, handle it amongst yourself. Okay? Interesting story. So if you're damming up a river, who gets Kadima upstream or downstream in the Machlegas Rab and Shmuel? Rav Simi Barash, he also came to Abaya. Rav Simi Barash, it's interesting, it's a weird story. Simi Barash, he came to Abaya. Amrlei, Lusman Marbidna. He says, Can we, I want to learn with you. Can we learn together? Amrlei, Isla Idna Lididay. Abaya says, I don't have time during the day. For Lusman Marbidna, he says, Can we learn at night? Amrlei, Isli Maylashkuya. Abaya says, At night, I take care of my fields. I water my fields. So I push it on of time either. So Amrlei, Adnam Meshkina Lamar. So Rasimi Barashi said, I'll water your fields during the day. So we can learn at night. Abai says, Okay, very well. So Rasimi Barashi is now watering Abai's fields. But this is what Rasimi Barashi did. He decided to dam up the river. He told the people upstream of Abai's field that we paskin that the people downstream have Kadima, like Rav. And he, people, he told the people downstream of Abai's river that we paskin like Shmuel that the people upstream have Kadima, basically making it that Abayah's field is watered first. So, so it's not the, not the, it's not Yashar. Azalele, he went to the farmer's fields upstream of Abayah's field. He said, we pass him like Rav, that the water, that the fields downstream have Kadima. Azalele, then he went to the farmer's downstream. He says, the fields upstream have Kadima. In the meantime, before the other farmers discovered the ruse, his field, Abayah's fields got water first. He also came to Abayah when Abayah heard about this. I'm a lay. Kibetrei of this lay. Who does this? You're passing like Rav or Shmuel, not by both to help me. And Abayah refused to eat any of the fruit that was grown in that field because he felt that it was like ill-gotten gains. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to get it. Now, the Gemara, just to finish up this Maisa, to finish up this, this sugya of blocking up streams, basically... Artsuka has a picture, but basically you have, there's a river going down here. There's, a, there's a, a bunch of fields to the left. They diverted the river to go around the fields. So they diverted it so that it goes, so it surrounds the fields to make it like a shtickle island. That way the fields are watered on all sides. That's what they wanted to do. Hani b'nei They were the residents of the city of Chermish, who were to the left of a river. Dazli b'reisha They were near the Shanvasa River. And they diverted some of its water towards their fields. But they diverted in such a way that it circled their fields and went back. So the river still flows, but they diverted it so that it goes around their field. 
The landowners upstream of this diversion came before Abaya and they didn't like it. Apparently, because they did this, the water didn't flow as strong. Because the water didn't flow as strong, it was like spilling over. And apparently, when the water is really strong, it sort of stays in the divot. But because they did this, it made that the water upstream, the, it, the water wasn't as strong, and therefore it just like sort of spilled out, and it was damaging their yards, whatever the mitzvah is. So Amrlei Karibadayut Veiporta Sabaya said to the people upstream, "Don't, don't make them stop up the diversion. Just dig a little bit. If you dig a little bit deeper, the water will stay in. It won't spill over." Amrlei Kayavshi Peirin. They say, "But if we dig too deep, it'll dry up the water." Then Abayah told the city of Chemesh that, that they did the diversion, undo the diversion, because you're affecting the people upstream, you're not allowed to do that. It's one thing to divert the river, but to do it in a way that's affecting others is not allowed. Okay, uh, we'll stop here. We'll stop here and we'll pick it up uh, on Sunday position.